Beehive Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Bees. Hey everybody, welcome. Episode 15, here with Kylie. It's becoming normal, I like that. Plowing into the 4th of July weekend, which is fun for everybody in America except for police. So everybody enjoy, be careful with fireworks, drink responsibly, all that good shit. Episode 15. We're here. We're here. Episode 15. And we got a lot to go over today. We're going to talk about a few things here in the opening segment like normal, some current event shit. We're going to talk about Jordan in sports history because he was drafted in 84, June sometime within the last week, you know how that rolls. And we have unpopular opinion coming into the things that sting. I thought that would be appropriate. It's going to be a long segment because there's a bunch of them and there, there's some really good ones. Uh, but the blessing in disguise is that there was really no pro athletes who got into too much legal trouble in the last week. So well done. Mm-hmm. Nice job. It's like they're becoming adults right before our eyes. <laughs> Yeah, don't speak too soon. Yeah, I know. There's always next week. So, and then, of course, we have the AFC North and the Fan Rant and the My Hive segment. But we're going to kick it off. We're going to revisit a little bit about what we talked about last week. Uh, Kylie really hammered home the spider tack and the foreign substance for pitchers because now that the rules have been put in place, uh, MLB, MLB umpires have basically turned into TSA agents and they're like searching players. It, is it after every inning or is it just when they think they need to? It's just random checks. I don't know if, I don't honestly know if they have it as a, like if they determine it before the game, like what innings they're going to check the guys. I, I haven't heard any of that or if like it's just they decide, yeah, when, whenever they want. It seems like it's like two or three times a game or something like that. It happens. But with Scherzer, they did it like three times in three innings, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, there was – because Girardi was kind of barking a little bit. And Scherzer was like – he was taking his – he does it, but he kind of does it all the time where he's just taking his hat off and wiping his hand through his hair and stuff. And that's what Girardi was – um, really pointing out and, and, uh, and then the umps went out and talked to him and Scherzer kind of, he like started taking his belt off and, and he stared down the dugout after yeah. that check. Yep. yep. And that's when Girardi went nuts. Yeah. Um, I actually did watch a video though that one of the, um, uh, coaches for the Nationals, um, was a former Yankee coach and, and I, that's actually who drew because he said something. If it was like a detailed video, and in that you could see that coach said something to Girardi, and then Girardi was actually yelling at that coach, not even Scherzer. Oh. And and he was used to coach with him, and he he actually when Girardi came out of the dugout and like said, "Bring on!" He was talking to that coach, not Scherzer. Not Scherzer. Yeah. So it was it was interesting, but yeah, Scherzer went really. He, he would. You could tell he was visibly frustrated. He like went into Mad like Max his, mode. Yeah, like threw his hat and his glove down, and he said, "Here, just take it." And yeah, like, and he was really frustrated and then, about it. So my two favorites so far for the checks have been Sergio Romo, 
who mm-hmm. dropped his pants down to his knees. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious. And uh, the best reaction, I think it was on Twitter, though. It wasn't like he did anything during the check, but was the knuckleballer from the Orioles mm. who was like, they're checking me for foreign substances to increase my spin rate when literally my goal for spin rate is zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah, great. it is funny. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in a way, like if they're random, then you need to, then it would Everybody. be, it would be unrandom if, if they just didn't check. Right. Him. Yeah. They so, got so, so to keep up with the randomness, they, Half the dragon, but it I is wonder it's how funny it's, though. I wonder if they know like before the game, or right. That's what does I'm somebody signal over because there's yeah. all those MLB guys there. Because the umps usually have pregame meetings and stuff. I know, right. so I wonder if they like detail. Okay, this inning, this inning, this inning. We're right, check. and if they have to pick so many innings, and mm-hmm. then they just, so that way it's documented before they go do it. Right, I don't know. Or but if it is it's been called in from the MLB, like I said, those guys who sit on the side and uh, like the. Uh, for Hector Santiago, who's our first, what are we going to call him? He was the first ejection for it. Like he, he was the first guy that actually got caught with it and got ejected. I mean, so he's like first on the chopping block. I guess I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of awkward how they like they umps kind of like at the end of the inning as the guy's walking off the field, they kind of like chase him down, and then they're like. They do it right on the field and stuff, and it's like I don't know. I think the pitchers get kind of annoyed that it's like out in front of everybody like that right. a little bit, and like, yeah. and it's that's what I, somebody brought up a point that I th- kind of thought was good that like if they had a guy that like he went between dugouts like and so that at the end of the inning like if the if he was like in the dugout or right next to the dugout, so it wasn't like right on the middle of the field. And the pitcher just had to hand his glove and hat to the guy as he was going in the dugout or something. And I agree with that, but I almost wonder if the purpose for them doing it on the field is because the league's trying to be like transparent, right? Like to fans mm-hmm. and, and everybody. So hey, look, we're we're monitoring we're this. That, yeah. You can see us doing it. So I, I'm kind of curious if that's the reason why they're doing it, right? You know, at the freaking mm-hmm. first baseline or third or wherever. Um, but. It's a lot of it's like they just don't know how to it's handle just it. Ridiculous. Too, the whole thing, it's slow. It's gonna, just another thing to slow everything down. And mm. it's just, it's dumb. Did you see the, I saw a video that, a YouTube video that Trevor Bauer released about with the rosin and sweat. Did you see that? No. It was very interesting. He, he took rosin and sweat and he actually made a, a ba- when he mixed it together, it like turns into cement. He said, and oh. he actually made a baseball, stuck his hand upside down, and made a baseball stick to his hand. So with, with just sweat and rosin. So that's interesting because <laughs> I always thought, you know, I thought that the idea of the rosin was to dry your hand off from a sweaty hand, but he said it actually gets sticky when if you yeah. But so are they still allowing that? Like, as far as that? I know, that's what he said. Like, this is legal. We're allowed to use it. He's like, so how are you going to police this? When why they, doesn't he just, when this why, stuff gets this sticky? Why don't they all just use that and then playing? I think that's kind of what he's getting at is uh, how do you know that this isn't what, what a lot of the guys have on their glove or something? Or, you know what I mean? Or I think that's what he's getting at. How do you police it when this stuff is really sticky too? How do you tell what is what? Yeah. <laughs> no, he makes a good point, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of. 
over it already. Right. Except for the reactions. <laughs> if don't... the reactions keep pouring in like they are, then worth it. Good theater. But the just the whole what they're trying to prove and and again, like I said though, in you know, last week when we talked about all these new scandals coming out and everything, all it's done is made my life as an Astros fan a lot easier. So I'm cool with that. So also going on around current world of sports, we have the Stanley Cup Finals, which game one was just yesterday, and Tampa Bay, what, 5-1, 4-1? Yeah, 5-1. Yeah, beat their ass. So I did a little bit of research about Montreal because they're like kind of like the Yankees of the NHL when it comes to number of championships. Yeah, they had a run through like, I don't know, 60s or 70s where they won like a ridiculous So this is titles. their first time there since 93, though, mm-hmm. which also I didn't know that Montreal was part of the original six. No. And uh, the Habs, they're called the Habs. Yeah, I didn't know. Which that. I looked up why. Do you know why? No, I don't know why, but I know that everybody calls so them the Habs. the Habitants is what it's short for, okay. and those were the first f- French settlers. They were farmers in the Quebec, Montreal area. So I had it was just kind of interesting because yeah. I've always wondered that, but I never gave a shit enough to look. But now yeah. that you now that you read it, I think I have read that. Maybe put, put it on Wikipedia or something. But but now it rung a bell right when you said it. But and because 2020 was just so fucked up in like everyday life and in sports, I didn't realize. Also, well, I did once I saw it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. But the Lightning are going to re- for a repeat. Mm-hmm. They won last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it was shortened season, normal season. Was it shortened? I think it was shortened, wasn't it? They play like 40 games or 60 games or something. Yeah. I, I I'm sure something weird because yeah. most, I think every everything but the NFL, I think, was different. Have they not won like two of the last three, two or something? I, th- I think that might be. Possible. 2020 and 2004. 2004, okay. So that was the, yeah, that was the first one. And then they won, like I said, last year. Now they're going mm-hmm. for two straight, which, yeah, you know, if they're able to do that, that'd be great. But I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Montreal win, although Montreal has twenty five or 24 Stanley Cups, and they're second all-time in all pro leagues behind the Yankees when the Yankees won their last one, which was, what, 98, 99, 98? Um, yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. And I, I hope that that streak continues. I, I did see an interesting stat last night. One of their best players is Nikita Kucherov, and he had two goals last night. And um, is this for the Lightning? Yes, for okay. Tampa Bay. Sorry, Lightning. Yep. Um, and he had two goals last night, and he um, has thirty points now in this postseason, and he's the third all-time to have consecutive postseasons with thirty points. They said. And the other two were um, Lemieux and Gretzky. So he's in good company. <laughs> Real good company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah, game one's down. So that'll be, you know, depending on how the series goes next episode, we might be talking about a winner or or a game seven, which would be badass because hockey game seven, any game seven, right? Mm-hmm. I think any game seven's great. Two, two best world yeah. words in sports. Isn't that what people say? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm rooting for that because I'll watch the shit out of that game for sure. College baseball. 
we got the world's there's some crazy shit going on in omaha right yeah yeah i mean with the it was a fun ride all, all the way through i watched quite a bit of it here and there um it's for the past like two weeks so, you know it's been building up and or they're finally down to the they had the first game of the finals last night. It's a three-game series is what they do. And it's Vanderbilt and, um, oh, God, now I can't. Mississippi State, right? I and they're in the finals? It's it's yes. almost done? Yes. And okay. game one was last night, and it's a three-game series. And Yes, it's Mississippi State, I believe. Yeah. Did Lighter pitch last night? I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get to see any of it. So they have two stud pitchers, though. Yes. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yep. And Jack Leiter, Al Leiter's son. Yeah. And um, Kumar Rocker is the other guy. Is that John Rocker's son? <laughs> yeah. Different skin tone, but. <laughs> well, they said, they used to say John Rocker was racist. Maybe he was out to prove that he's not. He met a nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's so, yeah, it's been a good run. Um, there was a very unfortunate exit for. Um, NC State. NC State. Yes, thank you. Um, they got hit with some COVID positive tests, and they actually played one game with only thirteen total players. They had to have one of their starting pitchers play first base, and he had three hits in that game against Vanderbilt. <laughs> they and, lost. Yeah, and they lost barely that game. They, I think they lost by one only. But then they didn't games. get a chance to finish the three game series. Correct. The next day. I think they had to do more tests that night and they came back some more positives. So they, they forced them to exit the, the tournament, which before they lost that game to Vanderbilt with 13 guys, they hadn't lost a game yet. NC state like wasn't supposed to be there, right? Yeah. I don't, I think they were unranked coming in. Okay. And did they beat Arkansas? I don't, they beat Vanderbilt earlier in the Cause Arkansas was like the number one team, weren't they? That I'm not. I'm pretty sure they were like the ones, they were the heavy favorite to win. Gotcha. And they got bumped. And I think it was by NC State, but I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. But I know that 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 very well might have been. I know that NC State's path there was like unexpected. And that's why a lot of people were pissed because they didn't get to see it out, see it through, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I I know that they, I knew it was unexpected. Like they were an unranked team and stuff, but. And I wasn't exactly sure of their full path. I know that I watched them beat Vanderbilt once. Um, I might not have watched back that far. But uh, I did see a very cool story about, and kind of sad now, about their coach. Um, ESPN did a story on um, his dad was, he's been a coach um, for them for quite a while. And his dad was always very close to the team. And um, uh, he would, like, travel with the team a lot and, like, he would like, they told a story about how he would like write down and guess what lineup he, his son was going to put out for the day and stuff. (laughs) And, uh, and then they'd like argue about it and stuff and how it should be this way. And, and, uh, but he would travel with the team and stuff. So he became very close to the team and obviously always very close with his son, but he just passed like a few months ago. Uh, And so like this run was really cool because it was like for for him. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, so it's even like more sad that he just lost his dad. Like the whole team lost their him he was like part of the team yeah part of the team and then and then this happens to him yeah that is that is shitty that makes me hate the whole situation even more actually yeah when you hear you know something like that kind of a a team dad yeah i'm sure he was close with all the players right yeah yeah 
I would have liked to hear some of the conversations and them arguing about the lineup. Yeah. All right. That's Dad, what I was thinking. Dad's too. pissed off. Yeah. Like, you're starting this guy today? Yeah. He said he would always, he would see him sometimes like on the bus or something, like writing on a note card. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing what you're going to put down for the lineup today. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's anybody who knows about arguing starting lineups, it's you. <laughs> right. Always taking a rash of shit from all of us. Right. For sure. <laughs> Uh, so moving on from the college world series, something that I, I don't have any notes on it, but it's something that I've noticed over the past, like, I don't know, four or five days. It just seems like every day or every other day, something's popping up. What the hell is going on with Scotty Pippen? Yeah. I've seen a, a few things about it where he's been getting into it with like Durant and stuff. Right? He's, he's like calling out all the shit, uh, said, no, no, I think what he said was no, no, that was Steve Kerr who said that Durant is uh more talented than Jordan or something along those lines. Most yeah, most talented player he's ever played. And I was listening or, yeah. to Pardon My Take, because Lil Cross actually kinda got me turned on to that. And those guys are really funny. And it's, you know, good insight for us amateur mm-hmm. podcasters to hear some professionals. And so yeah. I, I listen to how their show goes and kind of getting a following of the structure of it and everything. But I, I'm pretty sure it was on there that one of them was like, Jordan just needs to go punch Steve Kerr in the face again. <laughs> like he did before. I think it was on there. Somebody said that, that I heard just over the past couple of days and I thought it was hilarious, but Pippen, uh, is he he just called out Charles Barkley and said that uh he he only ever saw Barkley fight a white guy and he never fought a black man before and just saying that he was he puts on this tough guy front but he's soft and whatever and then now the most recent one I saw was that he called Phil Jackson racist and said that the reason uh the play was drawn up for Tony Kukoc to take the game-winning shot was because he was white. I was like, Phil Jackson, I just can't wrap my head around that. And I'm reading all these comments and sections where people are like, man, Pippen must be broke and need a book deal or something because the shit's coming out of his mouth is just insane at this point. I mean, Phil Jackson's adored by... Several black NBA players, Jordan included, Kobe, Shaq. Like, I mean, this guy, and, and and actually when we get to the unpopular opinion, somebody said something about Jordan's rings. So we'll get to that. But uh, he said without this person and this person, he only has two or three rings. I say without Phil Jackson, he might have two or three rings. Mm-hmm. So I think Phil, I just, Phil Jackson was, he's the greatest NBA coach that I think I can recall. And, now Pippen's going after him. He's going after Barkley. Um, it just seems like ever since Last Dance came out, he's just kind of fucking losing it. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen all that even, so I can't yeah, comment it, too much. But that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't it, it's just mind-boggling to me. So, all right, we're going to take a break. We will be back to talk more Jordan in this week in sports history. Stick around. Hi. 
Hi, this is Chris Rossetti, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, D9and10Sports.com. It's just like the old one, but with the word and in the number 10 added to the end. D9and10Sports.com is your new home for District 9 and District 10 high school sports, and we are doing all the things you have come to love from us, plus much, much more. Our goal is the same, to cover every sport at every school in both D9 and D10 in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. If you're a high school sports fan, you need to check out D9and10Sports.com today. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10Sports.com, the home for all things District 9 and District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. So we're going with an event. Instead of 10 facts, we like to switch it up. And like I said previously, it's going to be all about the 1984 draft. Round 1, pick 3. The guy who changed the game of basketball, his legacy, I don't think will ever die. Michael Jordan, taken, like I said, from UNC to the Chicago Bulls. Round one, pick three, 1984. So Jordan was born February 17th, 1963, where he went to Emsley Laney High School. So an interesting quote, because everybody knows, anybody who knows about Jordan knows he was cut from his high school basketball team. So a quote that I found, this is a long time ago I read this. Well, it was, it was around the time The Last Dance came out. Have you seen The Last Dance? Um, Yes. Yep. That's like probably one of my favorite sports documentaries ever. And I'm actually, I've watched it twice, and I, I wouldn't even hate watching it a third time because it's just just super fascinating to me but the quote was from a guy on twitter who goes by coach Beatty, and the tweet reads so jordan got cut his sophomore year in high school crying and talking to his mom her advice was if you want it go back and work harder next summer work harder imagine what we would have been deprived of if her response was to blame complain or be defensive which is something that you know, it's kind of the way everybody is thinking the world is working right now, where you get bad grades, parents blame teachers, they don't blame the kids anymore. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case with everybody, but the common, you know, thought in our country is that the, that's the way everything's heading, is that the kids are never wrong. That there's more and more of that. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that tweet, like, really spoke to me, because if you... If you think about it, yeah, what if she would have? And what if he wouldn't have went and worked harder? We would have been deprived of the greatest basketball player of all time. Possibly. I mean, who knows how it would have played out. But, yeah, I mean, she told him to go work harder, and he did. And, you know, the rest is history. But so a little more about that draft. He was the third pick. So two guys go before him, one of which – is a really fantastic basketball player that everybody 
is familiar with, I would say the second pick would be one that only a pretty avid basketball fan would be familiar with the name. But the first pick, Hakeem Olajuwon, a lot of people know him. Houston Rockets had a great career, uh, probably a Hall of Famer if he isn't already. I think he, I mean, he would be by now, right? I think he's, I'm just going to go ahead and say he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that though, but I would venture to guess. If I was a gambling man, yeah, Hakeem, and I am. So second pick though is Sam Bowie, who went to Portland. So these two teams skip on Jordan, the Bulls snag him. And again, the rest is history. You have six championships, two three-peats, uh, the last dance, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's f- fucking awesome show. And it highlights the whole way through with the end goal being the last dance, which is when, uh, you know, if you don't know a lot about that organization, Jerry Krause is dickhead, little man syndrome, hated, didn't, I won't say the word hate, but had a bad taste for Jordan. They picked on him a lot. Uh, he was ready to move on from Jordan, you know, two or three years before. It, it even ended up happening. Uh, if you look at, and this is another thing I've been doing lately, which I don't even know what caused me to start doing it other than the fact that I was like, you know, I don't really remember the dream team. I've been watching all of their games on YouTube from start to finish. Oh, really? Yeah. They have them on there. They have them on there. Yeah. And you can watch the full length of the game. That's cool. And the very first one they play in Gola, uh, and, Basically, like, the American press was like, man, if you guys lose this game, like, (laughs) good luck explaining it to anybody because this team's bad. Angola, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Angola, but the team before that who they played in the qualifier, which was a joke, they, like, before the game, asked the Dream Team, like, hey, can we get a group photo with you guys? And they were like, yeah, okay. And, like, uh, I think it was Barkley or somebody was like, I was confused as hell because we're supposed to be playing against these guys and now they're like wanting to take pictures with us. So anyways, the dream team Angola, uh, they kept it close for like the first like six or seven minutes of the game. Like it was like 13, nine and at halftime. So it's 13, nine. I mean, literally slow start for team USA, 13, nine and halftime. 6419. <laughs> fucking blowout. So, and obviously everybody knows they, you know, were 40 point average winners of every game all throughout on their way to gold. But anyways, where I was going with that is that if you watch the practices, so that's what they talk about a lot in the last dance is that the practices were like, literally some of the best basketball games ever played that didn't really mean anything. And it was uh, Magic Johnson who made a comment to Jordan because the way Chuck Daly did it was he split the East and the West. Like David Robinson, Chris Mullen, Barkley, Johnson, they're all on one team. Bird, Jordan. It was like an all-star game. It was, yeah, essentially. It was an all-star game. And... uh the second day that they did it, the West jumped out to a big lead, and Magic Johnson, who claims, and I watched this on a video too, he claims he was never really a trash talker, 
And the one time he ever opened his mouth to Jordan was during this second game of this practice. And he said, if you boys from the East don't start shooting, it's going to be a long day for you. And Johnson said, it's the, it really defined why he never talked shit because it would backfire, but specifically against Jordan and they got smoked. Like the East just crushed them. And it was during that game that Larry Bird was, had been taken out of the game and was just laying on the floor watching and that Jordan or not Jordan, I'm sorry, Magic Johnson walked over to him and said, uh, Larry, I don't think this is your league anymore. And Larry said to him, it hasn't been since he got here. So, like, everybody just knew, like, this guy was just different. And uh, so to follow up with some of these uh, shit-talking stories, I actually found a video that was, like, 12 minutes long, which was literally only people talking about their experiences, talking shit to Jordan and the aftermath. And one of them was uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett's a rookie for the Timberwolves. They're playing... Uh, game against the Bulls, which was a little bit closer than people would have thought. The Bulls were way better. But J.R. Ryder was having, like, a night against Jordan. And Kevin Garnett, the rookie, who just, I mean, he's a loudmouth guy. Had been his whole career, kind of, you know, just gets excited. He screams, you know, he does stuff like that. He's just always an intense dude. Yeah, yeah, animated. Competitive. Right. So as a rookie, he says... During this game, right in front of Jordan to J.R. Ryder, he can't guard you. He can't fucking guard you. And J.R. Ryder, Kevin, Kevin Garnett, this is his story to tell, so you should watch the video, but I'll just share, you know, the highlights. But essentially, Garnett looks over at J.R. Ryder, and J.R. Ryder just has a blank stare on his face looking back at him like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, he just woke up. You piece. just, yeah. You don't do that. Long story short, Jordan scored uh, 30 in the second half, and the, the blowout was just on. But the funny part was, was like, Garnett didn't understand. Like, what What do you mean? It's fine. It's fine. And meanwhile, Jared Ryder's going over to Jordan going, he's just a rookie. He doesn't mean it. I, you know, don't listen to him. Just ignore what he said. He did not know. He doesn't know. And, like, basically was pleading with Jordan on the court, like, don't, don't fuck, fuck us up. up. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. But he did. Uh, the other one, which is my favorite, which was featured on The Last Dance, was LeBradford Smith. Because this really, like... And you got to remember, like, I'm, I'm watching this stuff because when Jordan was in his heyday, I was 10, 11, 12 years old. So I don't remember a whole bunch of shit. And obviously none of this stuff was as accessible then as it was now yeah i don't remember the early jordan years probably when he was more athletic and stuff like the early 90s like i remember like from like 95 on kind of like but like the those i watched some of those finals games from like yeah the, like when they played the suns like in the early 90s and stuff and he was so much more athletic then oh yeah than what i remember him yeah then, you know what i mean i remember him when yeah, we playing the jazz and our, stuff. our and memories would be more on the back half of yeah. his career for sure he was so much more athletic back yeah. then, like late 80s early 90s so the lebradford smith story is this dude is a second year guy played for the washington bullets r.i.p bullets can't say that now too violent washington wizards we're calling him the Bullets because that's who he played for. So, Bradford Smith, they're playing a home-and-home 
series with the Bulls. And LeBradford Smith scores 37 uh, in a loss, but he had a really good – it was another situation where the, the Bullets were bad and they kept it close with Chicago. So LeBradford Smith, the, the legend, has it, that after the game he looked at Jordan and said, Mike, good game, and that Jordan just saw red because of that, and that the next night it was on. Uh, when LeBradford Smith showed up the next night for the game, security told him, hey, Jordan's been here since 4 p.m. shooting. And he's just like, oh, shit. So the story of him saying, Mike, good game, came from Jordan. It never happened. He made it up in his own head to motivate himself to be pissed off the next night so that the game wasn't so close and that they won by more. And when I, and LeBradford Smith, like, in the last dance, like, I never said shit to him. He goes, when that game was over, I beelined to the locker room. Like, I don't want, you don't confront Mike. You don't say those things to him. So that was just another, like, scenario that I didn't know about that just, that guy was just so driven and so, such a competitor. And I mean, if there's a part in the last dance too, where he gets emotional about, um, him driving people hard at practice and kind of talking shit to him and stuff. And Jordan was basically said, I wanted them, I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win too. And I would have never asked anything of my teammates that I wasn't willing to do myself. And I just think like, you know, in today's comparisons, where we always get LeBron being compared to MJ, um, which I just, and, and of course it's going to sound super biased coming from me because everybody under the planet who has ever heard me talk knows I hate LeBron, but I just don't think they are remotely close to the same person. LeBron's great in his own way, but Jordan was great in a way that we'll never, ever see again. And if there was a comparison to Jordan, I would say Kobe was closer than LeBron is. That's just my opinion on on the whole thing. But uh, going back to that tweet, like I said, it's just amazing that I'm glad that his mother was like that. I'm glad that she was, you know, more of a, hey, go earn it. Mm-hmm. And we got to witness what we got to witness. Of course, like I said, I'm more witnessing it now because I'm going back and watching all this stuff. But it's just, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see a player like him again. That driven, the the just will to win. And he just seems like a cool-ass dude because he likes gambling a lot. And he's just, yeah, he just seems like a fun time, right? you know? Yeah, he loves golfing and stuff. And loves golf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's that's what everybody wants to go to numbers when they compare things, and it's like, yeah, like I in the way that you're talking, like in a mentality way, yeah, that's I agree with that. Like, yeah, Kobe was closer, and as far as like a mentality, the Mamba mentality, yeah, 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 and that's and that's what and that's kind of yeah, they were like just so driven, and it was that mentality that they they wanted to win so bad. And I think that LeBron, I'm not saying LeBron LeBron has to win. LeBron might have more God given talent than any NBA player. Right. 
And that's just what makes him so good number numbers wise. Right. But he size. Yeah. His yeah. his yeah, his size and just talent and all around game yeah. is probably better than anybody. But yeah, like driven wise, like mentality wise, yeah, yeah. he doesn't have that same type no. of No, he he looks for help. Mm-hmm. Where and it's not to say that he isn't at all. It's just they were like a a level of a little above. level above than right. even he is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that's the stuff that like I really honed in on during the last dance was just like how much he wanted to win everything. He didn't care if they were playing blackjack on the plane around the golf after you know or before. And I mean, there's stories out there of people who were talking about. uh well, actually, this is a good one. I just saw this the other day. It was, uh, oh, Christ. It was an actor that I'm never going to remember his name. Older guy. I can't remember. But anyways, he's golfing with Jordan. And he's lining up a putt. Of course, they're playing for money. He's lining up a putt, and he hears Jordan just keep tearing his Velcro on his glove. And he says, how am I supposed to putt with you making all that noise? And Jordan says, if I have to make a free throw with 20,000 fans screaming, you can make a putt with me ripping the, or with a little bit of noise. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, he was almost competitive to a fault. So competitive to a fault. To a fault, yeah. Yeah. It was like over the top. Yeah. 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 Probably like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I never really listened to like what his kids say about him and stuff, but it had to have been a little tough growing up with that. Right. Yeah, when... Monopoly, Monopoly, you, you know, right. guess who? You're not winning anything. Yeah, you beat me, and then you beat me. But all right, that'll wrap it up. I just wanted to do a little bit on Jordan. It is uh, his draft anniversary, so it's fun to learn about that guy. And like I said, if you haven't watched The Last Dance, check it out. It's a great documentary. There's all sorts of stuff on YouTube about him. He's a fun guy to learn about. This edition of This Weekend Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9 and District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with the things that sting and some unpopular sports opinions. Jones Pest Control, your hometown pest control company, servicing residential and commercial properties in Warren and surrounding areas since 2015. Sean and his crew will work tirelessly to keep your home or business free of insects to rodents and everything in between. Contact Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548 and set up an appointment today. And remember, ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. Now time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. This edition of the things that sting is brought to you by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. So you guys saw the Facebook posts, several responses, had like 40-some comments. Uh, I wrote down the majority of them. So Kylie and I are going to go over 
unpopular sports opinions. So this is a extremely interesting list. There's some really funny ones. There were some that I completely disagree with, but we're going to get get to all of them. So we're going to start it off with, I categorized them, just so you guys know. So everything, I went through them. I put them in a category, NFL, baseball, college, whatever. So Kylie and I are going to go over this list. I'm starting it off because we are completely unbiased Bills fans, right? Right. With Nick Oliveri and Nick's unpopular opinions, he listed two. The first one, Tasker doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. And the second one, the standing buffalo is ugly. (laughs) So for me, and Nick's a Bills fan, by the way, for me, the one that I just completely disagree with is the standing buffalo is ugly. I I love the standing buffalo. It's like one of my favorite logos ever. I think it's badass. It's simple. Gets to the point. Tasker in the Hall of Fame? I I I guess I don't know and I don't remember that era enough to even really Well would he be in as a special teamer? So that's right. I like, understand yeah, I mean that. clear as day, no other that doesn't ha- that doesn't happen very often as is. How many no. guys are in just as a special teamer? Like what's his name was like the first punter and that was like eight years ago or nine, ten years ago. So it's not common. And and there's been nobody, to my knowledge, that has gotten in strictly because of their special teams play. That's not, that's a, not kicker. a kicker. Yeah, right. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So that one I can see. I mean, I'd like to see him get in just because I think he's a cool-ass dude. And, like, you know, the he did that commercial mm-hmm. last year. It was awesome. Remember that? The It's going to be chilly. He's smoking the mm-hmm. cigar. Mm-hmm. But, Nick, I kind I'm kind of siding with you on that one. But the standing buffalo is ugly. You, you can't get behind that one. You take that back right now. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next one. We have Joe Colosimo. And I and I paired this with another one because, like I said, they were categorized. So when people talk similar stuff, I kind of put them together. Joe Colosimo says Tony Romo is better than Dak. And Curtis Maynard said Romo deserves a Super Bowl. So what do you who you got Romo or Dak? Um, so if you're yeah okay, man that's tough. I it's tough. I guess I I would probably go Dak though. I think I don't know. Dak's numbers are inflated like that last season before he got hurt. He had a shitload of passing yards, but that's an inflated stat because they were down every game. Like they were losing every game, so. Of course, he's going to be hawking it for 450 and four touchdowns because they're trying to come back. So I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm torn. I like, I don't think it's. I don't know. I think. I don't think. Did Romo ever a have a uh, selection of weapons like Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, like Gallup? Did. Did Tony Romo ever play on a Cowboys team that had that many weapons? I don't recall. Right. Yeah. Dak hasn't really got to yet much yet either, <laughs> no, really. Did you get hurt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as him deserving a Super Bowl, disagree because the Cowboys should never win a Super Bowl ever again. 
ever. <laughs> Sorry, Curtis. Edward Brown. I'm sure this so, will be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones is doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of goes hand in hand. Huh? He just, I think. I mean, with the last clearly one. Edward's like our token troll, and I love it. I think the shit he says is hilarious. But yeah, so he just he just added that Jerry Jones doing a great job. Okay, that spins right. off of the last one. Pretty yeah, well. I agree with you, Edward, because as long as they keep failing as a franchise, to me, he's doing a good job. Drew Gray, Lamar Jackson, amazing athlete, terrible quarterback. I've said that for multiple years. Yeah, I agree with that. I, agree <laughs> I don't think that. that's even that unpopular. I don't really. either. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a mostly popular opinion. Mike Honorati. Of course, he had like a laundry list of them. I had to break them up. But the first one I put down for him is the Browns are currently the most overrated team in the NFL. I saw I saw his these, yeah. So I don't know if I can get behind that one. Is there a more overrated team? Probably the Cowboys. <laughs> Fair. All right. I think the Browns are actually good. Good. Yeah. But I, I don't I just, know. I just think it's that they, I don't know, on paper they look really nice. It's kind of a prove-it thing at this point for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might even look a little better on paper than, right, yeah. than what they are. But I, but, but I do think that they're good. I mean, yeah. a big thing will be, can they get Odell to gel in that offense now somehow? That's going to be a, you know what I mean? That's, I just, I would, if I was the Browns, I'd be looking to trade him. Yeah. Because they have a good He's thing so going. damn good if they can get it to right, work, but, but. He just, yeah, I don't know. So much baggage, he gets yeah. hurt a lot. And you don't want, I think Baker is like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I think he would be easily influenced. Like you could you could piss him off quick. A hot not necessarily. I don't I don't know. I think he could get emotional quickly. Not necessarily angry. Not you know not one way or the other. But I just think that if Beckham, like you could have Baker in a really good place, and I think that Beckham could fuck that up. I know one thing that I've noticed with Baker and that I've said for a couple of years now is that he lets outside noise get to him too easily. Yeah, like. Even even like fans and stuff, he reacts. He does react yeah. too much He's, to like like yeah. he need. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> think he needs to block stuff like that out a little more. And he, he just let you can tell he lets outside noise get to him a little bit sometimes. So Tom Brady had a, a handful, so I put them all in one. Edward Brown. Tom Brady's too old. Mike Onorati. Tom Brady's the most over overrated QB of all time. I've, I've Mark it. Swanson, Brady's the goat. So I put all three of them in one, right. just uh, you know, because you can kind of group that together. But um, I I don't know about the whole overrated, most overrated quarterback of all time. I've heard his argument on this multiple times, and I Do you I know what it is. It's just the he yeah he just. Thinks that he he thinks that he's just the luckiest sob ever. Basically, like lucky, like that he just and that he doesn't really do anything impressive. Like a, a lot of his like game winning drives are like just dump off drives down the field, dink and dunk, and kick a field goal to win a game. Like doesn't have a lot of touchdown winning. 
but it's efficient. Yeah, that's the thing is like he's smart and efficient, and yeah, that's I think he, he does things. Maybe not he's not real flashy, and he's not Aaron Rodgers out there hawking it. And I'll take yeah, but, uh, my team if if Josh Allen was dink and dunk and not flashy, but was efficient mm-hmm. as shit and won six Super Bowls, I wouldn't care about his ability right. to run or throw it eighty five yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, always makes the right play. Is the thing, like, right? That's the thing. Is like, so he's just so like you said, I think efficient was a great. Yeah, I until mean, Brady, it was pretty much Montana and Honorati's Niners fan. So I think that's really right. Yeah, he that. doesn't want that taken away from Montana. He's being yeah. salty. Yeah, this is a good one. Dwight Damcott. Larry Fitzgerald is a top three receiver of all time, and he actually ended his comment with, "Yeah, I said it." So, I think the argument could be made. Yeah. So, what are you? Is he saying? Is he saying Rice and Moss, one and two? Uh, he didn't say who was one and two, but I would think those would have to be one and two, right? I would think overall, Larry Fitzgerald is like a really great receiver, though. He can catch, he can run, he can block. Mm-hmm. He's a good route runner. There's really nothing wrong with the guy. At this point in his career, the only thing that's wrong with him is he's getting old. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would and I would personally I would say TO was more talented with him, but he was just a complete head case. Yeah. Nut job. <laughs> Which he, we have a TO one on here too. <laughs> Actually, that's next. Josh Josh Watson. Eagles should have cut McNabb, not TO. That's a hot take. Yeah. I'd like to hear some more explanation on that one too. Uh I mean, I did look into it a little bit to see what, you know, could have caused somebody to think this way. And obviously there was a little rift between McNabb and T.O. Uh, but T.O. ended up getting suspended for a whole season because of his deal with the front office. So, yeah. And if he wasn't such a nut job, he probably could have stayed in the league longer because he's in great shape for forever. He's just yeah. nobody wanted the baggage. Right. So he could have put up gaudy numbers. I mean, he's like still in good shape. Like. <laughs> yeah, he's but he's just such a head case that so this one I cannot get behind. Terry Richards says that players that don't win a Super Bowl should not be in the Hall of Fame. I just there's too many really yeah, great players you're not that put never Barry won Sanders a Super in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Barry Sanders, Dan Marino, <laughs> uh Bruce Smith. I mean, we can go on with the Bills guys from the mm-hmm. 90s. There's, what, f- three or four of them in from right. that team. Tally? Tally make it? I think he did. I don't know. I'm not sure, honestly. But Thurman, Jim Kelly. I mean, that's just the Bills. There's always – I mean, there's just too many. It's That's, like, a really, really hard because only, you know, one team a year can win that. So – you go 10 years in your career, have a fantastic career. Like Calvin Johnson, there's another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just had never had a shot unless he went somewhere else, but still a Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, exactly. <laughs> Top three. Jerry Hammerbeck says that Big Ben is a top five QB. Uh, all time? Yeah, I don't know if he's saying all time. Or Which right, I would or disagree right with. And right now. I guess either way. Either way, I'm disagreeing. Big Ben 
no. There's no. I don't even think he he might not even be top twelve currently. I think I can name twelve quarterbacks who are better than them. I would agree. Their quarterbacks pretty. The league is pretty rich with quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and I mean, I I would say at one for multiple seasons at one point in his career he was a top five quarterback. I would say, yeah, I would agree for with sure. that. Yeah, there were there Just were there were definitely yeah there were like, definitely years where he was a top five quarterback in in the league. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's certainly not of all time, and certainly not, not right now. And certainly not right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, sticking with Jerry Hammerbeck. Actually, I'm going to save this one because Kylie and I are going to do our own unpopular opinion at the end of this. We're each going to do one, and Jerry has one that will kind of coincide with Kylie's. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Okay. Nicholas Hoffman. Nicholas says that the NFL needs overtime like college football. I've said that before. I've said that in an episode, not even just in general. I've said that's documented. Yeah. I think Honorati's been behind that big time too. I don't know. Honorati, I paired Honorati's with this guy because he said the NFL playoff overtime rule is atrocious, which I would agree with. But I think it needs to go to college full time. Like, Mm -hmm. but. That goes back to what I said before. The NFL is too proud to adopt anything that college comes up with first because then it's not their idea. And yep, yep. they're just... They've always they, been that way. Yeah. Right. Greg Miller. NFL teams should have to go for it on fourth down. He says from 45 and out. I'm thinking he means like 40, if you're 45 yards out from the goal line. So 45 yards to go. If you're on the 45 or in on fourth down, you have to go for it. No field goals. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he said and out, but that, I can't imagine how that would work. Like if you're at the opposing five at the one yard, yeah, <laughs> get stacked up. Yeah, that one. doesn't, yeah, I can't get behind that. But if he means an in, I could see, or even between the 45s. What if they're 40 in that mm-hmm. 10 yard window? I could, I could go with that. Or maybe even 40 to 40. Make them have to go for it. Yeah. I mean, I think in that case, guys would just run back and take a knee on the 39. So they can punt, punt it. it. Yeah. That's true. That's a good <laughs> point. Yeah. If they really didn't feel like they were able to pick up right. the first down. Yeah. <laughs> to be safe. Uh, sticking with Greg Miller, he also said college football is more entertaining than the NFL. I know a lot of people who make that argument. Uh, I think all football is entertaining, so I don't really have a preference. But when I, if I did, like if I could, if I could not have to watch one ever again, I mean, I would probably eliminate college, right? Simply because the yeah. NFL is the cream of the crop. Well, he nailed it. It's an unpopular opinion, but it's his opinion. And if he likes it more, then that's, yeah, right. that's yeah. the, certainly yeah. an unpopular I, I still opinion. love college that's football. The de- that's the definition of it, probably, right. yeah. in general. But if he likes it more, then that's... That's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So we're kind of shifting to some college athletic uh, kind of opinions here. Debbie Hagberg says that when college athletes are given a scholarship, they should be committed to that school for four years. Uh, I'm mixed on that one. I like the idea behind it, but you also run into situations where uh, the coach who recruited you leaves mm-hmm. or gets fired or, you know, whatever. 
and then maybe you don't gel as well with the next guy or or whatever position you play isn't going to be as big of a role mm-hmm. in the next guy's offense or defense or whatever. Yeah, there's lots of things there really that the transfer portal actually has become a really good thing, I think, for college sports and stuff, like in my opinion. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, again, this is an un- unpopular, their, opinion. unpopular opinion. That's but, why we're doing But this. I think there's guys that get like, especially at the quarterback position in college football, like, Guys get their job taken away from them, but then they're able to transfer somewhere else and get it to get a starting job. Like uh, Jalen Hurts, for yeah. example, goes to yeah loses out to Tua, yeah, and then goes to Oklahoma and has a great, you know, what I mean, potential didn't you, starter did he in win, the NFL. Did he won a Heisman, even I think maybe. I don't think so. No, he didn't win the Heisman. Okay. No, but he had a really good year with Oklahoma after you know what I mean, and did he? And he could have, you know, I mean, got stuck there, right? Because of that, you know, what I mean, like, I think there are some situations where it's good. Yeah, really he's, good. yeah, and I mean, now he's, you know, because of that, he was a second round pick. starter yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. So, this is a good one, right here, Bill Nabinsky. I don't think any college athlete should be able to get money for anything more than the scholarship they have earned. So that's like what's happening right now in college mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big talk. I mean, there's the players. name, the name and likeness thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, branding themselves, and I, I would say like through the school. Sure, I'm fine with them not. They're getting free education. Meanwhile, a bunch of other people are getting into student loan debt. So I kind of see that argument. But at the same time, the school's making a shitload of money selling tickets for people to come watch these kids play. And their jerseys and, you know, whatever other apparel has their name on it. So I don't know how that's fair either because some schools' tuitions and stuff are different prices. Right. So, like, that in that way, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a small school, the tuition might not be as much and it's all state based with taxes. And, like, right. so, like, I don't know how you would police but that. But I think really, if they're but, branding themselves, like, if they're, you know, I mean, because that's what it's all about now. We talk about that a lot on the show's brand and how people, that's what athletes care about now is their TikTok videos and, and all that bullshit. Um, so I think if they're doing that and they're making money off of it as an individual, then fine. I mean, of course, they're going to be associated with the school they play at because that's how everybody knows who they are to begin with. But uh, I, I kind of, I don't know, a little bit of that I, I share with Bill because I think that you know, you have all these kids who are applying and, and getting financial aid. And meanwhile, these kids are getting free education. Um, and, you know, then they get, they want the cash on top of it. Like, uh, maybe eliminate the scholarships. And if you want a piece of the pie of the money that we're making, that's fine. But you're going to end up paying some of that back to the school anyways, because you're paying to be here now. An yeah. either or scenario. I I'm the whole thing kind of befuddles me a little bit because like you know that like everybody knows that there was things going on obviously and there's a lot of things where people didn't get caught, schools didn't oh, get yeah. caught. I'm too. Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Like and the tattoos for merchandise deal. Yeah, who knows? And there's so oh, many things way more. That, that we just don't yeah. even know about. You know right. what I mean? And I feel like even now with this, like like you know that there's still going to be stuff that they they're going to be doing to pay a guy over the top what they're not supposed to be to to get a guy to come there and stuff you know what I mean like it's still going to happen like, yeah 
I just don't think you're putting an end to it by doing any of this, really. Yeah. In my opinion. But yeah. They're still going to be. Because then they're just going to want more. They're right. going to want more than that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, they could be autographing anything, authenticating it, and having their buddy sell it on eBay for this much money. And then, you know, you cut me, you know, 75%, you keep 25 whatever. You know, that shit's happening mm-hmm. for sure. Ryan Klein. Who's going to be on the show for the fan rant representing the Steelers? Ryan Klein says the NCAA basketball champ could beat an NBA G League team. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I think it would depend on what. I don't team. watch a lot of G League, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. But know. I mean, those kids are the, the guys in G League. Like, were good enough. Like, they weren't quite good enough for NBA, but they were good enough to get... I mean, can anybody get in the G League? That's what I don't know. No. Yeah. No, There's usually, like, some guys that are, like, like kind of floating back and forth between rosters, like older guys. And then there's, like, some... Now they got now they got kids that are um, skipping, not, skipping college, like that Jalen Green that's coming out this year. He didn't even go to college, and he just played in the G League. They're permitting that now, again? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and he, like, yeah, so he, that kid was, like, a stud. <laughs> and he's, like, going to be, like, a top three, four pick in the draft this year. So, Andy McIntosh. We're on to baseball, by the way. Andy McIntosh says, A-Rod, Bonds, Steroid Era, those those guys, they juiced and hit the ball farther. But they still had to hit MLB pitching, and that's not easy. I would agree with that. That's why I think they should all be in the Hall of Fame anyways. We're just waiting waiting on sports writers to die so somebody else can get in there, and then they're going to put them in anyways. And maybe they'll be dead. Maybe the players will be dead. I was going to say they might even just be waiting for the players to die. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like Pete Rose. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that, that takes us to our next one. Joe Colosimo, again, says uh, – Pete Rose can be banned and still get into the Hall of Fame because the two aren't mutually exclusive. I would agree with that, too. But I've also had an episode where I ranted about why Pete should be in the uh, Hall of Fame and why that uh, dumbass writer from that article, I can't remember that guy's name, but he was an idiot with his theories on whatever. But agree with you there, Joe. Pete should be in. Here's where we, There's a couple good ones here. Brian Hagberg. Ban the DH and keep shifting until batters decide to become hitters again. Totally for that. I fully agree with both of those. I love that, Brian. Yeah. I <laughs> I've all been on board with both of those both of those comments and for a long time. So, so actually, um <laughs> my mom and stepdad, I was with them this past weekend and uh I was telling them, you know, they had they picked an unpopular opinion that I'm gonna get to uh here shortly. But uh, my mom was against the shift. She didn't, She, but I explained it to her why they were doing it and how it's based off percentages and guys who hit the ball to the same area, you know, 97% of the time, whatever. So then once I explained it to her, then she was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And I said, yeah, the idea is to make them try to hit it the other way because they're, they're not good at it. And uh, so I'm with Hagberg, though, because I think that launch angle has taken over and ruined hitting, and that contact hitting is a thing of the past now, which is dumb. And 
Time after time, I keep reading about teams who decide to lay down a bunt in extra innings and they're the home team, get that guy to third base. That's a, Why wouldn't you do that every time? Every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it makes no sense to yeah. me why. Swanee and I, Swanee hates the shift too. He And we've had arguments about it before. And he's entitled to his opinion. Right. Yeah. But my thing is, you're allowed to do whatever you want. And it, it, I think you go down a really, really bad road if you start forcing guys to not be able to shift. Right. Like, you you can't. I, that's just not baseball. Like no. you have to be able to move where you want. Yeah, the, the defensive alignment is standard, but it's not. Yeah, it's not a rule. Right. It never seven. was. Never. It, right. it was just that was just what they. Came. And yeah. If you don't want a guy to shift, if you don't want a team to shift on you, then force them not to. Right. That's, then force them out of it. Right. That's your own. Hit the ball the yeah. other way. Yeah. If if there's nobody standing from second base, mm-hmm. like from shortstop to third base. And you can't slap yeah. a ball down the third baseline as a lefty yeah. righty. I don't give a shit what yeah. you are. The, you shouldn't have to be spread out all over the field evenly just because it, when a guy hits it to the same spot every time. Right. That's, yeah, get better. Yeah, exactly. Have an idea. Right. <laughs> so to go away from what Brian said, ban the DH, Nick Hoffman says the DH should be universal. I disagree because I think pitchers should have to hit. I agree. If you look back at all of these guys who are playing baseball, look back at them growing up, they were the best hitters on their team. They were the best fielders on their team. That's why they made it to the next level. Nobody, I, I highly doubt, I mean, probably somewhere, because there's all these crazy high schools now that are recruiting and doing all this stuff. And I'm sure they have some guys who are so focused on pitching that they're terrible hitters. But in general, your run-of-the-mill high school athlete, your pitchers are your best hitters. They're your best players. Yeah. For in, in in the DH for me and goes beyond even just that pitchers being able to hit and whatever. For me, it's it adds an extra element to the game managerial wise, where there's there's double switches, there's all this stuff where that doesn't have you don't see any of that right. in the American League. It, how, it, how it, it adds an extra run. element to the game for a manager where there's a lot more like process thought process of. You gotta you gotta move this guy in the lineup, and you use your bench a lot more. The guy, the guys you don't they just don't use their bench that much in the in the AL. It's usually like based off of because they brought in a lefty now, and we're platooning these two guys is all that it is. And, Whereas there's a lot of pinch hitting because of the pitcher and stuff, right. and like double switches. And that's what I was gonna and, say is it it could really tear into how bad do you need this run to cross the plate because you're about to yank your starting pitcher right who's maybe having a really good outing right you know if it's yep. one one nothing game yep exactly and that's a big part you, of it too, you need yeah. that run you yep. forfeit your pitcher to get a better hitter up to yeah that. i really think that a national league manager's job is much harder than american league manager's job and i adds that extra element to the game that that i there's just not in the american yeah, I'm league with you. Ban the DH, and I'm an American League guy. Of course, right. I was, and I, I like to hear that from yeah. you that it is an American League guy to even say that. That's cool. Not a lot of guys will say that. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. It makes the jobs harder. For it's the more of a chess reasons. match. Yeah, it is. And baseball is that type of sport. Right, for sure. So, Scott Stewart. Uh, I, I was unclear on what he meant. He wrote NL, NL wanting to use the DH. So I don't know if he's for it or against it, but I just threw it on there because Stewie, yeah. 
cap right probably had a captain and cream while he wrote that and that's why it didn't make much sense but uh stewie if you want to elaborate on the post feel free but you just said nl wanting to use the dh so i don't know if you're for it or against it uh obviously you can tell that we're both against it because i'm for banning the dh as is kylie ryan arnold ryan arnold says ronald acuna is the best in baseball He's a Braves fan. I'm pretty sure. Even if he's not, though, he's not really necessarily wrong. Ronald Acuna is really good. I really like Acuna. He's very fun to watch. Yeah. I think it, it's in – yeah, I mean, there's a handful of guys right now. Baseball's in a really good place with – It is. With, with right young now, talent. Yeah, with, yeah. with superstars. Superstars. Yeah, Tatis, Acuna, Otani. Otani's – Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. It's, oh, there's a lot of really young, fun guys to watch right now. And he's one of them. He's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's definitely in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, and his buddy, uh, Azuna was probably in that conversation too, unless until he went <laughs> ape shit and still waiting to see the outcome of all that. Right. But Tyler Strohmeyer says Billy Bean ruined baseball. Analytics. A lot of people will agree with that. I don't even know if that's unpopular. Well, and if you want to go even take it a step further, they probably if you if you think that it ruined it, I don't really think it ruined it. I think it just added a a, a more another element to all, and it started all of sports really. Yeah, it's gone. It's leaked into all of sports really now. But I I I don't know, and I don't know, and that's his you know it's his opinion, and I don't know if it has ruined it. I don't know. It's changed. I would say it's certainly changed all of sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, yeah, because they're literally taking these percentages and equating them to dollars for yep. contracts. For contracts. Yeah. And the, the way that the guys play, like yeah. in the NBA, they shoot way more threes now. And like, because it's all an analytical thing, like if you shoot more threes, you make this percentage of threes, it equals more points. Like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, they, they've done it with all sports. It's not just football is probably the one that probably uses the least. I would say, honestly, too. (laughs) Maybe hockey, I guess. So now we're on to the, this is just the random category where I had no place to put all of these individually. Uh, so this, I'm going to start it off with my, this was the one my mom and stepdad came up with, and they're like, you, you need to talk about this because it's their opinion, you know. Unpopular. I don't know if this is unpopular either, though. But they say ban all instant replay. If you can't, in the words, the quote from my stepdad was, if you can't trust the umpires and referees, then what the hell you even have them there for? <laughs> so he's not wrong. Right. I agree with that. So, yeah, it slows down the game. Uh, upside, you know, they get the call right. But, you know, uh, I think there's probably a lot of players from, like, the 90s, 80s who look at instant replay and they're like, man, that must be nice because we got boned on this call, this call, this, you know, whatever. Yeah. So There's 98% of them are ones that, like, yeah, just slow the game down. They take a momentum out of the game. They do. That like, yeah. there's like a moment there, and it gets kind of taken away. That Suns um, Clippers game too, the last 
I think it was like two minutes of that game took like 40, 45. 45 minutes yeah. or something like that. Yep. Because of replay and stuff. They, and it, it, it was still a great game and I, I really enjoyed that game, but it certainly does take like a momentum out of the game and there's such a moment there and it slows it down and it just kind of like takes yeah. the crowd out of it a little bit. Yeah, and I like, agree. And it like, yeah, I don't know. I, and that is a, uh, it's going to be talked about I'm for a sure, long time. I'm sure umpires and referees would like to see it go too because now they're more like, hey, you missed five five calls last two weeks and mm-hmm. you know so they're getting that's probably like a critique that they have to go through now is like why the hell did you miss this what can you do differently mm-hmm. uh, you know like a counseling session or, or in something. my opinion like any like anything else i think we're just gonna gradually get better at it and it'll become faster and faster i hope right. they'll find they'll find ways to make it better i'm hoping is what it, i hope it i think i hope it stays but it, that they just find ways to make it better through the years I guess. Yeah. I, it's necessary. I mean, yeah. it is. You have the technology to do yeah. it, get the calls right. Right. You know what I mean, but, but I, but yeah, it is a pain fun, in the ass. I sometimes it is. Point. And I think that we'll just get better at it. Right. Greg Miller. Greg says that AAU sports programs are killing high school sports and that charter schools and religious schools should be in their own leagues. I agree with that because cathedral prep, in our area, obviously, just mows everybody down just about every sport. And I can't imagine that's a lot of fun for all these other high schools. I think, you know, McDowell puts up a fight against them, but McDowell has 800 kids in a graduating class as opposed to, you know, Warren with, what, 180 or whatever it might be. But uh, – and Greg's a high school coach, so he actually has to live through that bullshit too in, you know, prepping for these teams that – I agree. If they, excuse me, if they have the money to recruit and go, you know, then they have the money to take a bus trip to Pittsburgh and play against whoever, what Pine Ridge three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever the, the big, you know, religious or private schools are. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I do too. I, if you, if you're pulling from outside of certain areas to get guys recruiting guys, then I, I think it's, yeah, then you should play against other teams. It does seem unfair. Yeah, because then you can have a, a contest to see which school recruits better, and then that's how you can... If they're going to be regular season games that are like exhibition games or sure. something like that. Sure, at a conference. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm fine, fine with that. that. Yeah, then that's cool. You right, know, but when it comes to playoffs... Yeah, playoff yeah. time, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm with you, Greg. Clay Hesh. Clay Hesh said, nobody actually cares about hockey, and... Jeremy Weber commented underneath it and said, you shut your whore mouth. (laughs) Great exchange. Uh, Yeah, Clay, that's really unpopular opinion. (laughs) Like you might have, that might be the most unpopular one that I've seen on here uh, so far. Uh, And Jeremy Weber had one and actually I forgot to write that one down, but I remember what it said uh, that Basketball players are failed actors who are just throwing a pumpkin around. That's like, uh, all right. Me as a, I'll say with Clay, me as a Sabres fan, I care less and less about hockey every year. Every year. I find right. it easier to care less. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that's certainly unpopular yeah. to say yeah, that nobody a, cares about it. I know a ton of hockey fans. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hunter Geckel. Without Pippen and Rodman, Jordan has two to three rings. I say wrong. I say without Phil Jackson, he has two to three rings. That's 
my opinion on it. I don't think it would have. You could find somebody of Pippin's caliber who could have been in his spot. And they only, I mean, how many did they even have Rodman for? Two? Three? Yeah, I don't two? remember. Yeah. It was either the last two or the last three. I know that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what, what, just of rebounds, I guess? Like, just because he rebounded so well, that's why Jordan wouldn't win without him because he literally would score maybe two points a game and have 25 rebounds. Yeah, he was a great defender, too. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's Hall of Fame, isn't he? Just for defense and rebounding. Yeah. Well, we're starting our own NBA Hall of Fame around here because we don't know who's in it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. So, if not, congratulations, Dennis Rodman. Uh, you and Hakeem Olajuwon have both been inducted into the Beehive Sports Podcast NBA Hall of Fame. But you're probably already in the real one. So <laughs> Rodman and Ben Wallace, they're like the two. Ben Wallace, yeah. yeah. Kimmy Burkholder, curling is the best Winter Olympic sport. I, hard to argue. It's pretty good. That's, that's a good one. Nice. I mean, there's hockey. It definitely, like, when the Olympics are on and stuff, I, a lot of people do seem to tune in and watch, watch, the, cur- cur- watch well, the curling and get the excited about United it. United States curling team, did you see that meme? There was the picture of the four of them, and it said, the United States curling team looks like a bunch of guys who wanted to get away from their kids and wives for the weekend and ended up in the Olympics. <laughs> they really do. They're, like, overweight, mustache. Right. Like, Yeah. So, no, Kimmy, I... I think that's becoming a popular opinion, but yeah, I agree. I agree with that one. Last but not least, before we get to our own, Mike Kuzminski, Red Gatorade sucks. (laughs) Fact. It's thicker. It's sticky. It's too sugary. I agree with that 100%. I don't know anybody who loves Red Gatorade. Yeah, on occasion I grab a red one. But I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll drink it if it's. What's like, your favorite? I, blue or lemon lime? Lemon lime. Yeah, lemon, lemon lime. Here, OG lemon lime is. Lemon lime is my favorite. Yeah, uh, I've actually started drinking those body armors too because they have less sugar in them. I I do Gatorade. I drink Gatorade favorite. Zero always. Gatorade Zero always. Yeah, always lemon lime. No, sometimes sometimes blue. I switch it up. All right, so. Thank you, everybody, for your unpopular opinions. That was a fun segment to do, and we're going to have to do something similar to that one again, because that was fun. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, so we're going to get to our own. I'm going to do one, and Kylie's going to do one. Kylie, you can start us off. Okay. My- oh, 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 wait, hold on. I was going to so say, I thought you had I have to go back to Jerry Hammerbeck, because this is the one that's going to coincide with yours. Jerry Hammerbeck says, Pittsburgh. City of Champions. Kylie says, in his, I, in his best Lee Corso wow. impersonation, well, there was, yeah. not so fast. <laughs> yeah, City of Champions in Pittsburgh. Well, and then there was a time there where Boston kind of took over as title town for a while. Right. But I think now Tom... Current. Right. I think, Current times. I think now Tom Brady has... Like all of the Colts overnight, they got the Mayflower and went to went to Baltimore or went from Baltimore to Indianapolis. Right, <laughs> remember that where there's just pictures of the Mayflower truck. Yeah, trucks leaving. That's like Tom Brady, and he took it down to Tampa Bay. He took yeah. Title Town right down to Tampa Bay. I think packed now. a bunch of players in yep. those trucks too. <laughs> yep, yep, packed a bunch of players in. The yeah, team. I mean, 
the lightning are you know now three wins away from another cup yep and the rays and the rays are yeah, right they're, there they're a top five team in baseball right there every year yeah so i actually looked up to like the numbers on it and of course it's skewed because like the most championships are in new york city obviously they have two hockey teams two baseball teams two football teams like i mean it's what one basketball team two basketball teams brooklyn and the Knicks. So they have eight teams there. So that's kind of, you know, to Pittsburgh's three, I see the argument, you know, that, that you can't really compare the two. The Pirates really dragged that argument down. <laughs> I'm sorry. As a Pirates fan. Yeah, so I guess Pittsburgh, as a Pirates fan. Pittsburgh has two. But Pirates have contributed. They've had yeah, championships. 40 I mean, years ago. We weren't alive. <laughs> they still celebrate the Mass, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And, but, uh, and uh, Clemente. Of course, but yeah. So yeah, title towns in Tampa now. I think currently, I would say that they're yeah, as good as any sports town right now. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. Competitive at every yeah. every pro team they have. They just don't have a basketball team. So mine uh, is about baseball, and it, I mean, we talked a little bit ago on one of these opinions that baseball is in a good place with young talent. So my unpopular opinion is that it's a two-part unpopular opinion. One, Mike Trout is not the best player in Major League Baseball. Two, I don't think Mike Trout's the best player on the Angels. I think Otani is. Because what Otani's doing, we have not seen literally since the 1920s. A guy who's hucking one night, and then he's DHing. Till his next pitching appearance, and he and he hits when he's pitching. Yeah. So I mean, he literally is like like two in the line, two in the lineup. Yeah, <laughs> and he's what tied for the league league and home. Yeah, he's players. up. Yeah, he's if not, he's like his one. First it might be it's a day by day. Oh, yeah, thing, with but, Vlad. Yeah, Tatis. Yeah, they're all in there. But uh, Otani's first at bat at Yankee Stadium yesterday. Gone. Yeah, dinger. The dude just smokes the ball, I and mean, he hits. It. He's in the derby. Yep. Speaking of which, we're going to have a derby contest. So stand by for updates on that. I'm going to talk about it in the closing segment. But, uh, yeah, Otani, I think, is the best player on the Angels. And I don't think Mike Trout's the best in the league. I think my personal opinion on who's the best in the league, it's hard to make an argument against Fernando Tatis Jr. right now. Dude's lightning. I mean, as long as he stays healthy, which is another issue Trout has had recently, but a guy just rakes, plays the field. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the total package. My thing, the Angels too, man. Oh, man, I mean, I know Trout's hurt right now, but they have maybe two of the top five players in baseball on their team, and they stink. And they suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. And as a, you know, Astros fan, AL West, I'm fine with it. Right. But – it doesn't make sense. And they and they don't, like, it's like they don't, you, I mean, they, what, Trout was, what, 10 years, 300-some million, that contract he signed? Right. And who, like, get some guys around the dude, some pitching, yeah. anything. They do, they stink. I'm happy about that. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, everybody who submitted uh, Unpopular Opinion. Like I said, that was a lot of fun. That was a, It was a long segment, but it was cool. It was worth it. I'm glad we did that. This edition of The Things That Sting 
is brought to you by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. Don't go anywhere. We will be back with my hive NFL fan rant AFC North edition. Stick around. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. very own world of sports it's fan rant time i've been loving doing this segment it's really just get some good callers some good input fans of teams who i typically don't care about it's nice to hear their their views on shit so we got some good ones today obviously you know, we're going to have the Ravens coming up, the Browns, Steelers. So it's this is, uh, in my opinion, the toughest division in the AFC. And so, you know, we're going to have people with some serious convincing to do. However, we will only have three callers this week. Because despite my best efforts on Facebook, on a bunch of different Cincinnati Bengals fan pages all over, all these different places, nobody was willing to do it. I also, if you look at the Bengals posts, they don't get a whole lot of comments. But then it hit me. Nobody likes the Bengals. <laughs> like nobody. Why would you? Cincinnati. Well, just not, they're just not a good franchise. Boomer, Boomer Esiason, Carson Palmer for a little while, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah, nobody likes these guys. So I'm going to do the Bengals because I don't have anybody else to do it. And I don't have a horse in the race in the AFC North, so why not? And I get to participate. Don't vote for me. I know you won't anyway because it's the Bengals and nobody's going to believe anything that you know remotely has them sniffing the Super Bowl. I should have looked up their odds. they got to be in the bottom five, maybe bottom eight. I'll look, I'll look later and we'll touch on that in closing. So the Cincinnati Bengals, young, Joe Burrow, second-year receiver, T. Higgins, first-year receiver, Jamar Chase. They got a very, very young offense. Joe Mixon, 
I think he's still there. They made some nice additions, though. They lost Carl Lawson, who actually I wanted Buffalo to pick up, but they did not. But in his place, they signed Trey Hendrickson, who was another sought-after free agent from Arizona. Larry Ogunjobi picked him up. It's good depth at the defensive tackle position. I know a lot of Browns fans who were who were a big fan of that guy. Beefed up the offensive line with Riley Reef. They're going to have uh, the, what is it, Jonah, I can't remember his last name, offensive lineman from Alabama who they drafted, got injured. They signed, he'll be back from injury. You have Eli Apple, some depth at the defensive back position. Resigned Jalen Harris, which is more depth. Of course, he's been a, a bounce around practice squad guy, but cheap. But it comes down to Burrow and his ability to come back from that injury, which was a shame, being that it was his, you know, rookie campaign, and and he goes down. But now he has another weapon to grow with one who he already has chemistry with from his days at LSU and another, and this is where I think Zach Taylor's kind of put in a really shitty situation is he's basically, he's on the hot seat. I mean, if you look at any of the hot seat lists for NFL coaches coming into this coming season, he's on there. And with a young team like that, it's a bad, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be forced to probably make decisions that it's, it's going to be, if it works great, if it doesn't, he'll be unemployed. So Cincinnati's in win now mode. They're young. They kind of maintained on defense. Uh, they did come together to, uh, win a couple games they probably shouldn't have been even a part of last season towards the end of the year, namely Pittsburgh. But it's win now, or Zach Taylor's gone, and I think that's a they everybody in that franchise knows that's not a good situation based off the fact that now you're going to have Joe Burrow starting over with a new coach, new regime, new offense, and can you know consistency and and continuity is the in my opinion the gel that makes if you look at all the teams who are in the playoffs year after year they typically have that in common so it's win now for Cincinnati and that is why they will probably not win the Super Bowl this coming season so moving on to the second team we're going to get to here in the AFC North fan rant. Representing the Baltimore Ravens, we have Ryan Hanchett. Ryan, where are you calling from? Uh, Franklin, North Carolina. And you have been a Baltimore fan since their existence, I take it? Yeah, uh, ever since they came into the league. All right. So you have three minutes or less. Tell us why Lamar can get over the hump in the playoffs, and bring the Super Bowl back to Baltimore. All right. Well, uh, I think when you look at the Ravens, you got to start at the top. Uh, great front office. Owner Steve Rashadi has proven he's going to give them what they need, you know, assets-wise. Uh, Eric DeCosta does a great job in the draft. 
John Harbaugh was recently ranked the second best coach in the NFL by his peers. Um, so he's got a really good structure. You mentioned Lamar. You know, the offense kind of is what it is. You know, he's kind of limited as a passer. They're hoping for growth this year from him. But if nothing else, they're going to be able to run the football. J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be a star. Lamar's obviously a great athlete. And they upgraded that offensive line this offseason, bringing back a healthy Ronnie Stanley off a knee injury, uh, using a draft pick on a a big guard and Ben Cleveland out of Georgia that they really like. Um, I think Baltimore's going to kind of give you that same ground and pound, control the clock, and let's try to hit a big one over the top once in a while on offense. Uh, Defensively, Baltimore is known for defense. They're always solid. I think you'll see more of that this year. They have a great cornerback group. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, a lot of guys in that cornerback room that can go out and man up a, a opposing wide receiver. Uh, they need young linebackers to step up. Malik Harrison, Patrick Queen, going into year two, they kind of need to be the difference maker rather than just a stopgap in the middle. And then when you look at special teams, you've got Justin Tucker, Arguably the best kicker in the NFL. Sam Cook, punter's a pro bowler. You know, no clear weaknesses on special teams. All the way around, I fully expect the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs. And you know as well as everybody, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. That's exactly so, uh, true. So that's why I think Baltimore's got a chance this year to, to win that third Super Bowl. All right. And, Ryan, I, I'm not typically – interacting too much with during the fan rant i just kind of let people go but one thing since you're on and i don't talk to ravens fans very often obviously in the area i live in but one thing that needs to happen is the 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 hateful steeler raven rivalry like i just think the nfl needs that so I, I hope that that like makes it w- its way back. I don't think that the the Ravens have like the angry kind of violent play, and neither do the Steelers. I mean, like wh- I'm talking like when you have James Harrison, Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, like those pissed right. off, angry players. You know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, the NFL puts those Ravens Steeler games on in prime time for a reason. Um, it's always been extremely close. I think the series, you know, since Baltimore has been a franchise is almost perfectly 50, 50. Um, and I, I think the NFL does need, need that they need to have a rivalry that they can showcase. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Cause there really isn't one right now. Like that I can think of like a real hateful rivalry. I mean, like the NFC East, I think is like kind of well known for the division that, those teams hate each other the most, but they're also bad right. that nobody gives a shit right now. <laughs> like it's, it, it, I mean, it's just, they can hate each other all they want, but they're playing for which team's going to have five wins and which team's going to have six wins. So nobody cares, you know, it's not like two good, strong teams. And I just, I, I hope that that, I mean, the AFC North between the, I, I would say that's the best division in the AFC. And then on the flop side, NFC, I would say NFC West. Like, those are the two divisions I look at as the toughest. And, uh, you know, within the, the – and, and the tide's kind of turning a little bit, you know? Like, I could, I think it, right. we could actually see where Baltimore and Cleveland ignite a new, you know, kind of hateful rivalry 
And I mean, I could see that happening almost because I just Steelers are good. Don't get me wrong, but I think the tide's turning in that division. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up because that's the first thing that came to my mind with the Browns was you know maybe they're that team that kind of steps into that role. You know, they have the the whole Mason Rudolph thing aside with Pittsburgh. You know, Cleveland Pittsburgh is always going to be a rivalry, especially if both teams are good in a particular year. Finally, and Cleveland and Baltimore have that history. You know, Baltimore leaving, you know, putting the moving trucks together and leaving town. So right. Yeah, I, I, the the Cleveland Pittsburgh rivalry to me, it kind of like you know, up until the last like maybe year or two, it was an irrelevant rivalry. I mean, I know that the fans hated each other, but as far as right. the teams went, the the results of the games were typically the same twice a year for a good long you know good length of time. Right, it can't be a rivalry if it's always one sided. Right, that's why like when when fellow Bills fans say to me like, oh man, the Patriots and the Bills, huge rivalry. I'm like, no, it's not. They just beat the shit out of us twice a year for like, (laughs) since I was, since I was 18. So no, that's not a rivalry. That's just, I, yeah, I hate them. If if you want to count that as being a rivalry, but it's not, it was just me watching Brady carve up the Bills twice a year for, yeah, the majority of my adult life. So yeah. All right, Ryan. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Joe. Appreciate it. Next on the list for the AFC North, we have the one and only Cleveland Browns being represented by Joe Pellegrino. Joe's calling from Warren. Joe, you have three minutes or less. Tell us why the this is the Browns' year. All right, thanks for having me on, Joe. Well, uh, where to start? I mean, it's you got to start with the coach. St- moving on from Freddie Kitchens, Stefanski's, you know, had a whole year implementing his offense and getting Baker Mayfield comfortable with it. He's had a full year to learn with that coach, which I honestly don't think he's had a full year with a coach, any, you know, yet. But uh, And then digging into Baker, just he has that chip-on-his-shoulder mentality, that kind of he's just a gamer, and he wants to win no matter what it takes. And I feel that's kind of what you need in your quarterback. Uh, hopefully he gets, you know, plays well this year and proves he deserves that extension. Uh, the be- They have arguably the best offensive line in the game, or the most improved at least. Uh, everyone but Jedrick Wills was top two at their position, and Wills was only a rookie uh, and was top ten as a rookie. So he's only going to get better. Hopefully Wyatt Teller um, can also improve after a breakout season last year. Uh, so their line is just dynamite. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running behind that line is arguably the best running back tandem in the game. Uh, the wide receiver core is deep. We have a healthy OBJ this year. Um, between him and Landry, very, very dynamic core. Um, between uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashad Higgins filling in at that third receiver spot and uh, really stepping up last year, making some big plays. Uh, you have Austin Hooper and uh, David Njoku, two super athletic tight ends that Stefanski likes to use multiple tight ends in his offense, and it's just rolling. Uh, last year, the defense was obviously a struggle, but uh, arguably the most improved in the league. Um, you got to expect some growing pains with so many new faces, like the offense was last year, but uh, hopefully they'll improve as the year goes on. 
Um, you have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney coming at the quarterback. I just don't see how anybody is going to play well against that. Those guys are just racking balls up front. Uh, and that's going to allow for, you know, success on the back end, forcing some interceptions, some poor decisions by the QB. Denzel Ward's a Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, you had extreme improvements in free agency. Um, Johnson was obviously the, or, uh, you know, honestly, the best best safety and uh, available in free agency. Troy Hill was the best nickel available in free agency, and Anthony Walker brings a veteran presence to the linebacker core. Um, and then they drafted really well this year. They they used their first round pick on on Newsom out of uh, Northwestern, and he's tearing it up in camp apparently. Uh, JOK, the linebacker from Notre Dame, he had a heart issue allegedly that dropped him in the draft. And in reality, it wasn't really an issue. So I'm expecting big things with him could potentially start as a rookie. And the D tackle from Ohio State they drafted, Tommy Tagolia, is apparently unblockable at, at training camp. And on top of that, you had Grant Delpit, who didn't play it down last year. Uh, it's almost like a free first-round draft pick this year. So he should be a starter. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, you know, the AFC is incredibly tough. It's going to be tough to win week one against Kansas City. You're going to see how everybody's playing right there. But um, I think they have the coaching and the talent and the personnel to uh, to really to, to win the whole thing. So that's why I think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. So, Joe, I often get accused of wishing summer away and only for football season, of course. But when the NFL announced the schedule and the first two games, the doubleheader on Sunday on CBS is uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo and then Cleveland at Kansas City, it doesn't get any better than that for the AFC right out the gate. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great first week, and hopefully we can get a uh, Bills and Browns win out of it too. I'm hoping that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it it would help you out being a division rival that Buffalo's playing for sure. Not to mention it's just, yeah. you know, it's Pittsburgh. All right. I think Joe made a pretty good argument for the old Cleveland Browns. So here we go. Last but not least, representing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North fan rant, we have Ryan Klein, who some of you have probably heard his name before. His commercial plays on my podcast. He is the host of the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast, which is the, let me say it, America's number one pop culture podcast for all you guys and gals. Is that how you say it? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. So, repping the Steelers. Ryan, you have... Three minutes or less. Also, Ryan's calling from Erie, PA. I tried to clear that up with everybody. Uh, three minutes or less. Tell me why the Pittsburgh Steelers could once again be Super Bowl champions. Okay, so I'm sure all you guys and gals know all about the Steelers. 11-0 start last year. The 1-4 collapse at the end of the season. The first-round playoff loss at home. But I'm here to tell you today that this is not the end of the Steelers. We're going to regroup. We're going to come back stronger than ever. And at the end of next season, on February 13th, 2022, they will once again be crowned Super Bowl champions and raise that Lombardi trophy for the seventh time. Now, in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, they're going to defeat the home Los Angeles Rams 
27-24 on a leak touchdown from Big Ben to Chase Claypool. But anyways, let's talk special teams. All right, so the potential is there to be the best unit in the NFL. Rookie punter Presley Harvin III is going to make an immediate impact, which his stats in college last year would have led or been near the top of the league. Chris Boswell, so after a horrible 2019 season, he reclaimed his status as one of the NFL's best kickers. He's accurate, he has a fairly big leg, and he's clutch. Now, let's talk Ray McLeod, a breakout star of the 2020 season, right? Returning kicks. So with the ability to take it to the house every time he touches the ball. So I'm moving on to the offense, all right? So Big Ben, the grizzled vet, he's back for revenge in maybe his last year. Chase Claypool, the big play wide receiver threat. Deontay Johnson, the human joystick. Juju Smith-Schuster, he resigned, and he's back to dance in the hearts of all Steelers fans. Now, don't forget about Eric Ebron, Old Faithful. Now, I didn't, I didn't mention yet rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth, just a very exciting playmaker, already known as Baby Gronk. Not to mention rookie running back Najee Harris, who can do it all. Run, catch, block, jump. Anyways, the NFL better get prepared for this kid. Randy Fickner's out. Matt Canada's in. A new offensive system with a retooled young offensive line. Blue-collar football coming back to the Steel City. A running game that's going to help our big play, play-action game come back. Now, just last, the defense. One of the best in the league, a turnover-causing machine. T.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players in the league. Minka Fitzpatrick, a total ball hawk. Then you got the return of the sideline to sideline, Devin Bush. But don't forget about Tewitt and Hayward leading the pack up front. Most importantly, Heinz Field back at full capacity with 65,000 screaming fans waving terrible towels as renegade blasts on the sound system. Anyways, Joe B's, uh, that's RJK signing out there, and that's why I think we're going to be we're going to be going back and taking this title next year. All right, that wraps up the fan rant this week. AFC North, it's a good division. I love. I pay attention to it during the season. It's fun to watch. Three, at least three, good teams. You know, sometimes people get fucking smacked in the head with a helmet. That's good. Some people get upset about it. They're like, poor sport. Just, you know, blah. I, whatever. It's fun. It's entertaining. I mean, I'm glad that Mason Rudolph didn't get killed. But you got to admit, you know, you, you tuned in. You watched the replay probably a bunch of times. Miles Garrett was pissed off. Which, you know, he didn't need a helmet. He could have handled Mason Rudolph without a helmet. But... At least Miles Garrett was smart enough to rip the helmet off because I know I've said this before at some point. If I haven't, I'm saying it now. When NFL players fight, why do they throw punches at guys wearing helmets? So you punch a face mask, you break your damn hand. You're not going to injure anybody but yourself. So I'll never understand that. So at least Miles Garrett, like, sweatered him, but with a helmet, like, ripped the helmet off. And then tried to go after him. So Miles Garrett, I think somebody was talking about it at the time. Maybe Brian. I don't know. Somebody was saying that he's a really intelligent person, like off the field, like he's a smart human. Looking back, I have to agree. He took the guy's helmet off before he tried to. Miles Garrett wasn't going to break his hand. 
Anyways, thank you everybody who participated. Uh, thank you Bengals fans for not participating because nobody cares what the seven of you have to say. Since nobody did participate, I hope the Bengals go on 17. I'll be I'll be rooting for that. Nobody cares. Next week, AFC, nope, NFC South, the Bucks. So somebody's going to make an argument if they will repeat. We also, I think I need to find some people for that. So if you know of any Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Panther, or I already said them, Bucks. I think I have a Bucks guy. But I don't think I have the other three. If we, if anybody knows a Carolina Panthers fan, that's impressive because I there's can't be a whole lot of them either being new. But we're gonna take a break. Be back with the closing segment. Stick around. Hey everybody, thanks for making it through. I know it was a long episode, but we had a lot to go over. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank the sponsors, Jones Pest Control, D9and10Sports.com, and me, myself, and Rye Podcast for making this possible. Still sponsorships available. If anybody's interested, contact me at jbsports at gmail.com. Also want to thank Joe Pellegrino, Ryan Hancha, and Ryan Klein for participating in the AFC North Fan Rant. Don't forget next week, NFC South coverage. See how that one goes. If there was some echoey parts of the show, I just wanted to let you guys know we did upgrade some equipment, so there's some trial and error going on with Kylie and I. Uh, I think we got it figured out, though, and it's going to continue to get better. Next week, Kylie and I are bringing a con- another fan-involved little contest to uh, the episode. It's going to be the Home Run Derby contest. Uh, we'll explain the rules and everything in the next episode. It'll be episode 16, so make sure you tune in. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. Be safe. <laughs>